Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the Chris Carson to my Rashad Penny. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, I'm injured. Yeah, me too. But our, our other injured friend, that's right, our very own CJ Procise. It's, it's Eric Ronenbeck. Eric, how you feeling? I was dead before I got injured. I read the <laughs> engine too high just to see it come one last time. Engine blew. Now I'm dead. Because oh, like CJ Procise, Eric's greatest contribution to the podcast came three seasons ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. You were in it for the Eric, just like Eric. He's uh, he's a uh, he's best as a as a living meme, right? CJ, two minute warning. We made we made every, a, every our, week. They looked forward to Eric Ronnebeck. Eric's the best part about Eric. He makes jokes. The best part about CJ Procise, he is he's a, a joke. joke. <laughs> Eric makes jokes. Procise is joke. Okay, all right. Much much like usual, I I feel like sometimes these guys, these things that I say come back to haunt me. So hopefully CJ Procise listens to this podcast and starts playing better because uh, <laughs> when he when he heals up in two yeah, years. Let's say for Miami. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, this Seahawks game. Okay. It was let's like just, Buzz's girlfriend. Can I just can I? Let's start Wolf. off with start off with a little rant. Okay. Thirteen first downs. One for 12 on third downs, 25 minutes of possession. They lost in every single stat. They uh, gave up more sacks, gave up more, or committed more penalties, had worse uh, third down conversion rate. They lost, they lost more turnovers. They had less yards in every, in every facet of the game. We got defeated by the four, nine and one, now five, nine and one Arizona Cardinals. That is um, something you don't want to hear about your football team as they have already clinched their playoff spot. That is not something you want to hear about your football team as next week they play for the two seed against the 49ers. Those are not things that um, really get me riled up and pumped. If I have to take a positive from this game, Jason Myers, automatic, baby. I willed it into existence, and uh, here we go. The uh, Oh, yeah. One for one, extra points. Two for two on field goals. You can't miss now. Michael Dixon, we challenged him. He's back. The special teams is is no longer bad. That's that's it. That's all I got. Everything else is a dumpster is a fire. Everything else is on fire. Currently on fire. Uh, I would I, I would say that uh, Rasheem Green continues having a sure. resurgent year. Jacob Hollister is is, is kind of a breakout candidate. All right, Jacob let's... Hollister in a three headed chimera at tight end. Uh, Hollister, where, where is he a, is, is the body place. and the best head. Well, no, I'm saying when we have uh, Disley gets back. For like the eight games that he'll be able to play, yeah. um, Hollister, and then we pick up a guy who can block. Like we're gonna be, we're dude, gonna be doing pretty fucking good. Dude, Luke Wilson was the blocking tight end in this game. Yeah, he blocked showed f- fourteen times in this game. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's uh, still his only effective we, uh, block was our Twitter account. Are we gonna are we gonna roll offense first here? Let's do it. Okay, so positive. There is of it. Jacob Hollister was was really good in this game and continues to be some guy like one of the few. Uh, players who I completely trust in the in the passing game. DK has l- kind of let me down in this game. He you know dropped the pass, and, but Hollister right there, staying consistent, staying good. Uh, five catches on six targets, sixty four yards. Moved the chains four times. Um, just looked really really good, and uh, I'm a big fan. Chris Carson was awesome before he went out. Uh, looked like really really good. And I think we win this think, game if Chris Carson was, stays in the game. He was going to drag us to a victory, kicking and screaming. Yeah. Eight, yep. eight rushing attempts for forty yards. Gosh. That twenty five yards, kind of two runs of ten yards or more, which is those don't come every day for Chris Carson. I think he was ready to have himself a day. And, uh, dump uh, offs over the middle were effective. Um, Russ was uh, what uh, seven for nine uh, throwing over the middle. 
for 111 yards. Like that was the that was the part of our passing game that was working. Uh, uh, we were clearly exposing the area behind the. I linebackers. guess, but a lot of those dump offs to Homer like didn't lead to anything. He had six catches for 26 yards and zero first downs. No, but a lot of the ones over the middle were the passes to uh, Hollister. Yeah, but I'm just saying like. Homer, those passes drove me those nuts. Those were volume. They're, they're, they were volume plays that weren't to the sticks. It was Empty very. Um, do you know who? The, do you know who does that? Is Mitch Trubisky? Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Mitch Trubisky. Passes. He throws a lot of passes, passes that never that are never going to go for a first down, not in a million years. And those Travis Homer passes were just that. It's empty volume. If you look at the counting stats, you might think passes. you might think Homer had a really good game. Like it was six six catches, twenty five yards. You know, he got out there. Didn't fumble. He didn't fumble. He had, but it just. He was not. He was a body, like you said. He's warm body. He's he's Mike Davis minus maybe even after after that. Uh, I feel like there were some massive scheming issues going on there too, though. I feel like we came out. Schottenheimer came out with a plan. The plan was a pretty decent plan. Then uh, everyone's body part fell apart, fell off. There's exec- and uh, Arizona adjusted a little bit, and we just couldn't do anything. There's execution issues all over the place too, though, man. Like that, Homer had a drop, Malik Turner had a drop, Lockett had a drop, Metcalf had a drop, and Lockett. I mean, one one catch on six targets. That's very un Tyler Lockett. That is line. he healthy, um, or is it just? I don't know if there's something. Well, yeah, part of it was that him. they were allowed to just grab him and hold him while he was trying to yeah, catch that, it. That, that hurt. The one where he got tackled on the play was pretty rough. There were two plays where there was a clear DPI. My favorite him. was when they. They challenged it because it was basically this game is over if we don't get this challenge. And uh, Dean Blandino's like, "Well, you know, uh, it's 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 close." And I'm like, "Yes, so Dean Blandino, you should be able to tackle a guy while he's running as long as it's close. If it's close, that's fine. I'm okay with it, just as long as it's close." You know, I'm the other like, thing of note is fucking ridiculous. I was this was a, the most frustrating game, and I mean the pressure in the first half. The the Seahawks dropped back to pass uh, four, uh, 15 times and allowed 13 pressures. Yes, 13 pressures. Uh, which is absurd. I kept doing the math because it was like hits, um, hurries, sacks, and I was like, whoa, they ended he's, had, up, he's had two Jones chances. just got worked all day by Chandler Jones. It was Jones on Jones crime. Un- under pressure in this game, Kevin, uh, Russell Wilson completed one pass for three yards. Yep. Our receivers couldn't separate. Effing he yikes. didn't have time. It was bad. Like there were a few times where he created his own pressure, but Jamarco Jones played a terrible game, and DJ Fluker and Jermaine Effetti got worked on some of those inside stunts yeah, the, by Hassan Reddick. The uh, the old Jones and then Fluker. Russell Wilson took a couple bad sacks that I thought he should have just thrown. Coaching. Just throw the ball away. I don't. He doesn't throw it away enough. I don't know if he doesn't trust himself to like throw it to a good spot or whatever, but just be like Aaron Rodgers. Throw it like 800 yards out of bounds. Don't take a bad sack. Going back to the scheme that we were talking about, it looked like we were, and I know that we were dealing with missing parts, but it looked like we were telegraphing our plays quite a bit. Even the announcers mentioned this. It seemed like there was no way we were going to win this game. Like I mean, we, you know, there, there's those games where we say, you know, I was never really nervous during the game. Uh, and that's exactly how I felt here, but I never felt we were going to win the, this game. Here's the thing. When you watch tape, and you're looking at the tape of the offensive line, and you look at that tape, and you say, "You know what? Afedi's not playing very bad right here. That's not good. That's never a thought that should enter your brain." And that thought entered my brain when I rewatched the game. As I, I thought, "Hey, Afedi doesn't look like he's super bad right here." Because he had no one to block. That's not good. Yeah, I should never think that. That's no. not. I was like, "Oh no, this is this game is going to be grisly." When I look at the PFF scores, and it when it was. Though I will say the other thing uh, to notice with Afedi. 
Afedi is still having a problem where he's tipping if it's play action or if it's a or if it's a run. Uh, he's still having a little bit of trouble. You see the rest of the line lined up correctly, and you'll see plays where he's still lined up like um, he's got that stance, like he's going to go into run blocking, and everybody else is selling it. So it's a clear, it's a clear another, another thing. Three snap issue, Kevin. There. Another, and it's uh, it's an Afedi specific issue, so I don't think it's coaching. Another thing I think too is he gets more help from Fant than than uh, left tackle does by a significant margin. Yeah, though we did have to play. Uh, Fant plays right right tight end way more than he plays left tight end by a lot, and in this game, I think it was over two thirds of the snaps were on the right side. That for, is absolutely correct, and we also had to play two tight end sets a ton in the second half and not put people out to catch the pass, which was making it so we had trouble getting open because Jamarco Jones was getting worked. Like, we needed Fant in at left tackle. He wouldn't have been good, but he would have been less bad. Now, here's my thing, okay, is that this offense, it's ailing. There's a lot of injuries. Um, Dwayne Brown will be out till at least the playoffs. That's a huge um, injury, too. All the running backs are hurt. Uh, Josh Gordon, obviously, has been shot into the the, the sun, failed two drug tests. Um but we're bringing back Marshawn Lynch, which is fun. This is this is a developing story as we do as we record if this podcast. This does happen. Um, I think this is a really good move because I'm, him plus turn uh, plus Homer is a functional backfield. And I think one thing that's fun. I think we're going to sign two running backs. By the way, um, are you talking about the Robert Turbin? Robert Turbin, or maybe yeah. I think C.J. Anderson is much more likely. If I'm being honest, Anderson's a really good pass catching back. Could provide any blocks. He's a great blocker. I could totally see him being the third down back to Marshawn's first. And hey, real quick, once he's bulked up, in, maybe he could play left tackle. In <laughs> C.J. Anderson, man, you can watch him on Twitch. He's playing video games. He looks great. Uh, Marshawn Lynch. Uh, my favorite thing about him though is through six games last year, he had 26 missed tackles, which yep. is which was. Um, when he when he left, he was second in the league. By the end of the season, he was still fifth in elusive rating. That's Pro Football Focus missed tackle stat among players with a qualifying amount of carries. That it, he's solid. He's not going to. A lot of people are like, "Oh, this is going to be a shell of Marshawn Lynch," unless he has spent the whole previous sixteen weeks just not working out. And I know smoking and weed you know, and to eating be honest, skittles. I know he's working out because I see him riding bikes on Instagram all the time. <laughs> that guy's on a bike at least. So he's not he's not gonna be totally out of shape. Unless he's totally out of shape, he will be functional. Not Chris Carson good, but decent. He will be good. And I think that that might be enough. That might be enough for us to maybe you know, at least have a entertaining football team. So, so this is pretty hope is not dead. It's and, pretty historic though. Think about this. Uh what six weeks ago Marshawn was doing or eight weeks ago was doing an official interview where they did ask him how he felt about Super Bowl 49 and how he was you know very upset uh, with that game and how he felt he should have been given the ball to run he finally came out and said that after years uh, not exactly you know being a Pete Carroll guy there uh, he he visited with the team last week just because he wanted to say hello to people and and, and it, it had to count as an official visit because he's not yet retired. And now it's official. This is not a rumor. He is officially coming to Seattle to talk to Pete Carroll about signing. It, here. He's doing a physical. Like they're that's if he's doing a physical, they're signing. No, him. and that's crazy. I mean, think about that. That's there's one tweet I read that uh, eight days ago he was serving shots in in Oakland for the last Raiders home game, and now he's going to play for the Seattle Seahawks. This is pretty historic. It's really. And, it's fun at a time it's, we kind of need some fun. It's very Pete yeah. Carroll because he maintained the relationship. You know, the relationship didn't die because Pete Carroll decided, hey, guess what? I want to maintain my relationship with this guy. I want to continue. He was at training camp this year. He didn't. He didn't a, pre- a press interview at training camp. I mean, he's just an. 
He's an excellent human being. He's a really fun guy to be around, and I think that he's a Seahawks legend. We, we I, he's in the Ring of Honor, like, and he's a tackle. It's just mister, a matter of time. That. And and you know what? They called him up and they said, "Hey, you're you're not retired yet. You're still in game shape. Do you want to come play two games, or you know, two no, games no. for a playoff team? Four like, games, four games. It could be up to four <laughs> games. But do you want to play for a playoff team? Hey, he and, played the first six weeks last and, year. So I mean, and you know, Marshawn know probably said, you know, Marshawn said, I said, hell yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> that's what Marshawn would say. He's he's a you know he's awesome, and so I'm excited. You know the you know what the next step is, Kevin? Josh Josh Gordon got suspended. So we need to there might be a wide receiver we should call up. Dude, if we got Doug back, that would be the funniest thing. <laughs> if in the we world. went and got Doug Baldwin, it would be the best thing. But I don't think get the band back together. Here's the thing, you know, it'd be very Blues Brothers really two thousand Blues Brothers. It would be we're getting the band back together. <laughs> what about uh as long as it's not Blues Brothers? Whatever happened to Des Bryant? You don't think we could just throw Des Bryant out there to take a cornerback away? And no. do you think he'd be better no. than David Moore? <laughs> I, 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 the only role that I would feel comfortable with Des Bryant playing on our team is the George Fant role. Which is so funny because you used to love Des Bryant. Right he was, before he destroyed himself. Really good contestant catch, but, but he's like, he's just, he doesn't care about football anymore. He just cares about talking shit on Twitter and, and, uh, like trying to, like, rile people up. Yep. He's not all about that action, boss. This is true. Yeah. And the thing about Marshawn is, you know, he cares. He's not going to come back and half ass it. The thing about Marshawn is, he's all about that action, boss. Yeah. He's not going to come back and just, there's no going to be no half measures. You're not going to have to worry about it. So that's our, where our offense is at. Our offense is in the hands of a retired player coming back and saving us. But you know uh, what? I have another bright spot. That's, I'm for it. I'm Ethan into it. Posich. Came in, played 18 snaps at guard. If he's healthy, I'm questioning why he's not at center. Yeah, he should he should be playing all the time. I know Joey Hunt has been playing pretty well, but Joey Hunt's just not physically capable. Joey Joey Hunt is very matchup. He's very matchup dependent. Yes, anybody if you have a load at anybody nose. who can like do a really strong strong uh, push move like a bull bull rush is going to be able to push him over. But any but it, the the more technical guys, but you when you watch the tape, they help him a lot. They, they make they make sure to give him a rub on almost every play. But I think that's also part of what's hurting Fluker since Hunt came in, Fluker's been statistically worse. And I think part of that is they're relying on Fluker to basically chip. So Fluker is like he's four pounds of roast beef in between two pieces of wonder bread. And cool. that's a rough spot to be in. It is clear to me that the Offensive line right now is doing a lot of what Thor and the Guardians of the Galaxy did at the end of the last Avengers movie. Be really fat? No, where where Joey Hunt is Star-Lord and Ethan Posich is Thor. And Joey's like, I'm, I'm the leader. And Ethan Posich says, yes, yeah, we all know who the leader is. We all know who the center is. <laughs> Joey Hunt's like, it's me, right? And then Ethan Posich just chuckles. I thought Nathan would love that. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I, did, I did my uh, my chuck my Ethan po- that's my Ethan Posich chuckle. Anywho, all right, defense. You ready? You ready to get in this defense? Oh, uh, yep. So this, uh, defense, this defense allowed 412 yards to an offense that was led for half of the game by Brett Hundley. Uh, third of the game, but. I mean, I just it a team it that has amassed a total of 312 year, yards all season. Uh, honestly, though, I, okay. So I just want to get this out there. Arizona's offense looked bad basically the entire game outside of Lano Hill taking the wrong first step mm-hmm. and KJ Wright over pursuing to one side and allowing an 80 yard run from uh, Kenyon Drake. Yeah, they didn't really get hard. Outside of that one bad play, 
They only their scored, offense sucked. They too. only scored twenty points. Well, they only scored twenty <laughs> points. They got very little yardage. Their yards per play were terrible. Yeah, they. But I mean, they were they were able to run the ball. Like even outside that play, he had twenty three rushes for eighty six yards. I mean, he's that's close to four yards a rush, and close to four yards a rush. But well, don't spend it all. That's on fine place. when that's fine when Brett Hundley's <laughs> Brett Hundley's your quarterback. And at the end of the game, they salted the game away by just running. Like they were able to to just take take the game from us. Well, running is going to run down. It, rushing the ball is going to run down opposing defenses. And but clock. when you don't, yeah, exactly. When you don't have really opposing players to help you out there, it's I, it's even worse. I'm really proud I'm of my tweet that I sent Arizona's out. Offense was functional was because our offense was dog shit. So after the the drive, the 422 mm-hmm. drive, the the uh, one where they scored, Kenny and Drake scored on the three yard rush. I I tweeted. Do you think there's enough time for for us to kick five more field goals? Asking for a Pete Carroll, you know, because like that was a hundred percent the problem when he didn't go for it on fourth and one. When after the game, Russ said, "I thought we were going to go for it." That summarized like not what about, go back to offense again, but I'm offended. What about when he came out for the long field goal and then took a delay of game so penalty we could punt? so we could punt? What about the third and one running postage to the left side right. when the entire left side of the Cardinals defense jumped the snap legally? I, I think, wish we ran postage. That'd been better. I'm than sorry, not postage. Pro-size. Pro-size. I'm getting my keys mixed out. I wish it was postage too. I think it's time. I think it's time for me to bring some of my uh, my Pete Carroll takes to the table. I think this is where we're at. Um, so... Pete Carroll, um, first of all, I want to say thank you because you have brought in more joy to me in my life in with Seahawks football than I thought ever. I started going to to every single Seahawks game when I was seven, so I've watched a lot of Seahawks losing in my life, uh, and they got kind of good for a little while with Mike Holmgren, and then they sucked again. And well, let's I, face it, this before this, it was what the mid nineties uh, Sonics. Right, that's was all like, I had. Was the other like Seattle's 1995, 1995 Mariners? Uh, so so anyway, I, I had like nothing. You brought me great joy. You brought a championship to the city of Seattle, something I would have never thought possible. Um, but we're at a point now where I really feel like Russell Wilson is in his absolute prime. And first of all, Pete Carroll still a really great roster constructor. The the roster he has constructed with. John Schneider is a really good roster. The fact that we have nine starters missing and we're still going to get a playoff spot is pretty, pretty nuts. But I want him to move into some kind of more supervisory role at this point because his in-game coaching is starting to drive me insane. He's so conservative. He's, and he's got this, this full, like uh, philosophy. Russell Wilson is an eight year NFL veteran on his way to the hall of fame. If he goes over the sideline and says, I want to get that one yard, then Pete Carroll should let him get that one yard. We we all watched the mic'd up where Lamar Jackson did that to the Seahawks. We all saw it. Like that's the kind of thing that builds that kind of momentum, that that kind of team spirit that I think that Pete Carroll would really like. And he's just so afraid. I don't know why he's so afraid. And the, when you have the all world defense, maybe you do take the penalty there and punt and let your defense get the ball back for you on the fifty. But this is not that defense anymore. It's not even in the neighborhood of that defense. I'm wondering and, if the Super Bowl did break Pete. And I, yeah, I think like hmm. the the aggra- like he was going to trust the passing game to win it, and the passing game in his mind lost us a Super Bowl championship. And There's- he's just been gun shy. And then what was it? Was it 2017? He kind of tried to hand the reins over to the offense right as injuries were kind of taking the defense down a little yeah. bit. And we didn't quite have the pieces in place to make it work. And it was the year we missed the playoffs. And Pete's been really bad about believing in his team to execute when 
the three of us in this room can see that you don't have the right pieces to execute. That Super Bowl 49 play where the ball was intercepted, you, th- you were throwing the ball to Ricardo Lockett. That's not anyone you want to execute your big game-winning play on, on, on any level that Ricardo Lockett's ever been in. And on- Pete's, like what Kevin said, Pete trusted the offense at the wrong time. So now when he has a very good offense... It's not working. There's a and there's a measure of like this team is good but not great. This is not the best team in the NFL. And no. some measure of aggression can make up for the fact that we're not quite as good as the best team in the NFL. We're not when quite you do a, have we're not quite as good as the Saints. We're not quite as good as the Ravens. But we could beat those teams if we get aggressive because our quarterback's really good. And I just don't think Pete has that in him. And I don't want him to not be involved in the franchise. I'm not gonna be the guy that stands on a corner and says fire Pete Carroll, but I would like in his older age if he moved back and was just the executive vice president of football operations and just took care of the roster and hired a coach that he really trusts to bring us into maybe a new era of Seahawks football. Or if he can't do that, then really set himself up in a situation where he feels like he can trust his coordinators to make a lot more of those decisions. This goes back to Pete Carroll's whole thing where after he bounced out of the NFL um, after his Jets and Patriots tenure, and he was going, uh, he got hired by USC as like their ninth choice, and he's going, you know what? I tried to do things kind of by the book. I'm gonna, ma- I- I'm gonna do everything my way. I need to be in charge of my situation. I'm gonna do it all my way. The reason why my ideas didn't work was because I allowed them to be watered down by these other people, and so he came back to the NFL after having had amazing success in college and when i'm not gonna uh go back to the situation i had in the nfl last time i'm gonna be in control of things and so that was why he went out and hired john schneider and that was why very rare coach hires the gm exactly and that was why he's had so much input on the way the franchise is run but i think you're right nathan the game is passing him up and he is not making decisions that are best for the team right now. And it's not due to a lack of desire to do it. I don't think it's hubris. I think it's, um, I don't think Pete's seeing the complete picture. Yeah. And, um, on some level, I do feel like Russ is covering up for some of the deficiencies here because if we had a worse quarterback, there's no way we'd have 11 wins right now. If our quarterback was Ryan Tannehill, this is a six win football team. So, so, so I just think, um, you know, the same way that Aaron Rodgers covered up for Mike McCarthy for 10 years. I don't want to see that happen with with Pete, where I'm like consistently irritated by everything that's going on. I would like to see it end amicably instead of four years from now, we're looking at it and we're like, yeah, we salted away the prime of, of Russell Wilson. We, we got we just didn't ever make it because we, you know, we stayed conservative. We were run first team and we never let Russ call the plays or run the offense. That's yeah. just that's just not the way you should do it. And and that's something Pete should understand because if there's anything Pete knows, it's making sure that you don't leave every leave, you want to you don't want to leave with regrets. Yeah, no no regrets. Eric, you got anything here? No, man. I mean, we already kind of said it. <clears throat> One thing you did say about this team, Pete Carroll's play calling. We have four losses this year, gentlemen. The first two losses, we talked about losing them on one play, on one big turnover. Going back to that aggression, just showing that aggression on the offensive side. Maybe we win those games. Fuck that. We win those games. And maybe this Cardinals game is the only one that it's still a fluke loss. It's so many injuries. I I will say this. We have two Super Bowls so far under the Pete Carroll era. In this decade, think about it, gentlemen. We won a Super Bowl. We went to another. I 
I would hope this would happen. I certainly didn't expect it 10 years ago, but I think the legacy of Pete Carroll will always be, and this really, really sucks because all the bad teams, even the, the Browns and your Seattle Mariners can say this, the what could have been. And what could have been is the fucking worst. Mm-hmm. This team, I feel like, could have made more. Yeah, right. Like Not that. even could have been. The The experts say that if we would have won that game against the Patriots, which you can go back, Jermaine Curse, as much shit as I give that guy, the fact that he made that game-saving catch put us in a position not to not to win that game, but to we were going to win that game. We snatched victory out of the jaws of defeat in that game, and it's so frustrating. And then we snatched defeat out of the jaws of victory right afterwards. Yeah, and it's it's the next the next year. If we'd have won that Super Bowl, are you kidding me? We could have been the only three team three three Super Bowl in a row winning team in game NFL history. I'm done with this. All right. Okay, let's, let's talk about the the, the bright spots some uh, some good stuff from the defense because I thought the like Kevin said I thought the defense did have a decent day. Uh, Bradley McDo- Bradley McDougal was awesome. Four run stops. Um, I thought Bobby was really good in the run game. He had five run stops, but once again asked to cover way too much. Five receptions, five, 50 yards on five targets and a touchdown. If the, if you take that out, he had like the an excellent excellent day. As um, uh, Eric said, Quim Griffin came in there and. I'm gonna take exception to uh, PFS great uh, grading here well, they only gave because him one he's pressure. only getting one pressure, and I, and I watched that game. I had I had him down for three when I was watching it. <laughs> uh, he he goes in there, and the dude is a battery on third down. I'm he's, excited he's to see really, him next he's year. He's really man. he's really bendy. Um, he yeah, gets he gets around the bendy. corner really well, and uh, you know, same things I would like about someone like Brian Burns, who's another like defensive end who's really slight. I think mo- um um big portion of those things are true about Shaquem Griffin too. And if he continues to develop in this role, he has a really bright future. Yeah, um, just pure speed rusher. Um, the uh, the guy Akeem King. Okay, Akeem King. They went after Akeem King. They said, "Here's a backup. Let's get right after him. Let's go for him." Eight times targeted for one reception, sixteen yards. What an admirable performance from the backup there. Um, I know that he's not being challenged by the most, and I know there was drops because Christian Kirk definitely dropped like a really easy pass. But still, I like Akeem King. I think he is like a really good third cornerback. Not not your first choice, not your second choice, but definitely the third choice. <laughs> the thing I need to properly estimate is I give Akeem King a lot of flack. The problem is Akeem King has days where he shows up and just sucks. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard that's, thing. That's why he's a backup. And I remember those games too much because he does have games where he goes out there and he's just a perfectly serviceably solid corner. I mean, I feel like these last two weeks have shown that a pretty decent, pretty decent performances, both of them, especially yeah, for a I guy. I still don't want him in slot though. No, no, he's a left cornerback. I mean, he's a, he's an outside corner. If he was, a, if let's say Shaquille Griffin really, or Sha, yeah, Shaquille Griffin, I always do this. I have to double think about it. Shaquille Griffin. <laughs> Come turns out, and he's. I think he's a bona fide number one at this point. And we get to the point where we pay him, and then Trey Flowers' come, contract comes up. I wouldn't mind going. Oh, you know what? I think Akeem King can cover number two good enough. Um, and then as long as our slot corner is good and, and our safeties. safeties are good, yeah. like it's that's. I think that's a perfectly serviceable solution. If he's long-term. the weakest piece of our uh, defensive right. backfield, yeah, I yeah, can it's live pretty with that. solid. He's pretty solid. Like he's not. He's not the best. But, I mean, they went after him. Eight targets, only one catch. That's pretty solid, even though Christian Kirk did drop a real easy one. <laughs> just got just to <laughs> yeah. bring that up one more time. Uh, Christian Kirk's on my fantasy team, and I benched him because I was like, no way, Seahawks are going to win this game. And, uh, well, we saw how that worked out. Okay, um, 
that's pretty much it for the defense for me. I mean, I thought KJ did a really good job in the run game, and uh, like he's just a really solid tackler. Ansa wasn't horrible. He gets after it. We had we really pressed him to play. He almost forty snaps, and uh, he filled in pretty decently. Um, I thought Lano Hill had a terrible game. Oh, Brandon Jackson. What? Did, Brandon Jackson, man. He's, Brandon Jackson was solid. He's he's like um. He's a functional rotation player. Yeah, he's he's fine. He had, not a starter. He started in this game. That's a little much, but yep. Uh, that says something about her. Injuries. Oh, you didn't like Lano Hill? I thought Lano Hill had an awful Where, game. Where's Marquise Blair? Is uh, like right. committing a penalty. <laughs> like that's that's my my Lano Hill review. You like that? Uh, if we're gonna use high safety that much, then yeah, I they did genuinely do they did do why. eight they did eight three safety sets in this game, Kevin, which I thought were um. Was was cool. That's good. Big yeah. the big nickel. I think that's good. Mark because uh, Lano Hill played sixty nine snaps. McDougal played sixty nine, and then Marquis Blair played eight. Uh, and they did some uh, some big nickel stuff with Lano in the box, which I think is and a, I'm good with that. Which I think is a good way to use Lano. Yep. Uh, but when you start having it, the the thing is, and that run that long run play by Kenyon Drake exactly illustrates it. The further he is from the line of scrimmage, the worse he is at reading and reading and reacting to a play. It's just like he he drowns in space. He doesn't know how to take a proper angle uh, from deep. He doesn't close super well. Like, he needs to be in the box closer to the line of scrimmage. Amadi, um, slot corner. So, okay. I thought Amadi has really good instincts. Like, the the run stop he made. He Those are, those are safety instincts. That's, yep. like, holdover from being a safety. Uh, on one of, his, one of his catches, I thought there's nothing he could have done. The other one, I'm going to say he took a, he took a bad bad path but the thing for me is is that if you're only gonna give up two catches in your 21 slot i think that's fine i think that it's a it's a it's a good game it, he can build on it he's gonna have something he can look at in the tape and learn from that's and, what i was gonna say and These it wasn't the snaps like he needs to get so that he can build up to become it, the player and it wasn't a dumpster fire so i i'm for it i'm into it i think that the the pro he got a pro football focus grade of 43 which i think is like unnecessarily harsh I would have given him like in the 60s or 50s, but I don't grade every individual play like they do or whatever. So, you know, I thought he did fine. Nothing uh, nothing too good, nothing too bad, which is what we want because I think that that guy's the future in the slot. So Yeah, it's either him or drafting somebody. All right. Anything else you want to talk about? Are we ready to talk about the, the best part of our team? <laughs> Let's talk about it because right. games are played in three phases. All right. Yeah. Rasheem Green blocked a kick. That was so sweet. Okay. That was the big play that we said we needed, and it didn't turn into what we wanted it to. But man, that was a big play. Yeah, well, if Blair would have got gotten all the way back, that would have been it. Would have been exactly what we were looking for. It, it was so close. He was so close and to getting all the way just back. Called some really shitty. Okay, that was that. that was like the maybe the highlight of the game for me though, is because I'm sitting there with Brett, and Brett goes, "Man, I hope he really misses this kick." And I go, "I hope we block it and run it back." And then right as I said it, jumps over the line, blocks it. I was like, and then Brett was like, "I'm scared right now." <laughs> Dude, Rasheem Green's figured out a thing. <laughs> yeah, Rasheem Green's good. He's a solid NFL player. He's definitely uh, going to well, be in the rotation. Second blocked kick, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Seems good. All right. Uh, Dix- we did drop him into coverage once. Dixon, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Jason- been inside the twenty several times. Jason- Had a couple hiccups this year. But Jason. Jason Myers. Great. Automatic. Jason automatic. Myers was defended by Chris Myers. Whoa, whoa. You find that odd? He made a fifty-plus yard field goal in this game, Kevin, and mm-hmm. did not miss any of his kicks. You mm-hmm. got get on board, baby. Let's go. He's Otto Myers tick. He's automatic, which is eighty percent of the time. It works every time. Yeah, Chris Myers at one point said Jason Myers eleven in a row. I'm like, what yeah. season are you watching? Eleven, That's eleven he's games not in a row. Extra points. I was gonna say eleven games in a row where he's missed at least one. 
no he hasn't missed a he hasn't not he has not missed a field goal since week nine yeah i don't want to talk about it thank you how's he kicking with his left foot nathan uh not not as good as um justin as justin tucker yeah yeah okay i don't think it was right for these guys justin tucker with his left foot Uh, after years nathan finally willing to talk about uh, <laughs> I just think sometimes you got to put the ball on the foot of your best player, and uh, you know the Seahawks. The Seahawks try to do that in this game. They put the team on Justin. Uh, they put the team on Jason Myers back, and uh, he almost carried them to victory. But uh, foot Pete, of your best player. Literally, they realized here. that uh, kickers don't use their backs to use their feet. Uh, Nick Bullard got a touchdown, much to uh, my chagrin. But I good for him. You know what? That's it. Was that his first NFL oh, touchdown? Man, that first drive was so good, and then Chris Carson died, and then we couldn't figure out what to do. I, th- I can't tell if it's his his uh, football reference page is so confusing because it's like half defense and half offense. I, th- I believe that was his first NFL touchdown, though. Good for him. Congratulations, Nick I Ballor. You're not playing next year. No, I'm, I'm, I want him back now because he can play <laughs> linebacker, right? Get him in there. Yeah, just I'm just going to say sure. I want Jacob Hollister to be our full. All right, let's do it. Preview for next week. I don't want to do it, but I'm, we're, we got to do it. Okay. Okay. Preview for next week. On to scores. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, I got. Let me just. The, there, this team is missing nine starters. This team is is ailing. We are hurt. Uh, our biggest rival is coming to town, and we're coming off a loss to a team that I don't think is really even very good. It's, Other than that, it's tough to get in the mindset of thinking like, "Hey, as a person who talks about this team all the time, I want to." confidently predict that we're going to win i think that would be a a stupid thing for me to do and something i would only be doing so that i could say oh i was right you all were wrong so i'm not going to do it um the 49ers are playing really good football even in games where they where they don't and they have finally decided games where they don't play really good football even in games where they don't win they still are scoring and, and like moving the ball and they finally decided to lean into their best running back which was uh which is troubling for us because uh that guy is that guy is dynamite um, he's just all over the place. It's about Raheem Mostert. Yeah, he's gonna get. He might get to it. That well depends on how, how he does in this game. But he's at. He's now at like close to uh, you know. He's getting like what, hundred over well over a hundred yards a game, getting tons of tons and tons of work. Um, I don't know Raheem Mostert. That's he's. It's uh, because he's the running back at the moment. They did this with Brita like in the beginning part of the season, and now it. now he it's Mostert time. He has seven hundred and fifteen yards, five point six yards per rushing attempt. Um, it's pretty solid. That's that's pretty terrifying. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Um, Purdue Boilermaker Raheem Mostert. I will say Mostert. We'll see what ends up happening with him. If Mostert's good, that gives them. Like their their team goes as far as George Kittle and Emmanuel Sanders take them. Yeah, the the key the key for that's the, the thing. The key to beat to beating the 49ers is you got to get a lot of pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo, on Jimmy Garoppolo and force because, him to make really bad because choices. he makes bad choices when he's pressured. And then their defense is not great tackling, so you need to like pound the rock and control the ball and get guys in space and let them miss tackles because they miss a lot of tackles. That's what their defense does. They're mm-hmm. missed. They're really good. At missing tackles. I mean, they have Nick Bose has 10 missed tackles. Fred Warner has 19. Kwan Williams has 10. They have a bunch of guys with 10 missed tackles. This is a team that you can you can beat, but I just don't know if we have the tools to do it right now. It's that's the, it's that's going to depend that's with Brown out. That's a big issue. Um, what's our running back situation going to look like? We don't know. They're six. And they're six is man. Is Clowney going to be back or not? Their six man defensive line depth chart is 
not dumb not cool it's not cool to me eric like, armstead nick bosa deforest buckner ronald blair even even demontre moore like has barely played hey what if you put what if you play spend a uh, a top five pick on a guy that's like sixth in your rotation right solomon Thomas. i mean that's that's really poor roster building but i mean good for them but i mean that's that means you have very talented well, dj jones line. is injured but that was another guy who was D Ford, Sheldon snaps. Day, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, Bosa, and Thomas. Like that is just that's absurd. It's um it's it's old I don't know, it's old school Seahawks. You know, their linebackers aren't as good as ours, but they miss a lot of tackles. That's because they're tackle missing machines. Well, okay. Let's let's uh, so how do we beat them? We win by like court getting our guys in space, forcing them to miss tackles, get Jimmy G to make mistakes. I think it's really important if Clowney is back this week, that will help a lot. Yep. That's we need Clowney one. back. We need to scheme some pressure. And uh, we need to get him in third and medium or third and long situations where we can uh, roll Shaquem Griffin in there to help bolster the pass rush. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need uh, Rasheem Green to have a good day. Um, and we need some interior pressure. Western Richburg's out, who's uh, their center and one of their better offensive linemen. Um, if we can get some interior pressure with Puna or with uh, Jaron Reed. That would be a really big benefit. Then, or if we can play Jefferson in there, and if he can get some pressure from three tackles. And then on offense, just beat him between the tackles. Run the ball with Marshawn Lynch. Beat him between the tackles. Let those outside guys over-pursue. They have a lot of guys on the outside that, that will do that if you let them. Let those outside guys over-pursue. Run, you know, run a power. I've been waiting for a power for Love so long. power. Yeah. I think Marshawn's been waiting like 17 weeks for a power. He's like ready His to get a power. entire life. So, um, yeah, I... I'm not saying it's impossible for us to win. That would be stupid. But it's just, this is, we, it is a tough road. San Francisco deserves to be a three point favorite. It's unfortunate, but it's true. Yep. And it feels like we're in a situation where. I wish George Kittle was still hurt because I'd feel like, I would feel very confident in picking the Seahawks if that was the case. (laughs) Uh, At this point, it's going to depend on who we have back healthy, but it feels like we're looking at a season where. Either two more losses or two or a win and two losses a win, is our future. A win is huge right here because it gives us a week off to get healthy, yep. and then and which then we, means we might get Brown back, which is a big difference maker. And we for get us. the home playoff game against you know San Francisco again, <laughs> and we get to repeat this game. So I would love that. That would be exactly what I would want. That's what I'm hoping for. All right, you guys ready for picks? Yeah, let's do it. Yes, Blood, battled and bloody. 49ers twenty eight. Seahawks twenty-seven, Eric. Oh, and we and the twenty-seven, Kevin. That's not from a Jason Myers missed extra point. That's from two made field goals. Just so you know, this automatic. Is thoroughly unrealistic. Then <laughs> I thought it was nine field goals. <laughs> thought you were going full full Myers. I mean, put it on the foot. That's best player, Pete. Dude, if you don't tell that to Pete Carroll, man, he's uh, he might he won't need a Viagra if you tell him that. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> San Francisco 49ers. Speaking of that, Blue Chew. Blue Chew from Get Roman. <laughs> oh, wait. Swipes. What All the, natural. Yeah, I'm going to. $6.99 a month. We're now, one of, oh. we're now one of those podcasts that talks about boner pills. Yeah, it's the only way we can get paid. Um, uh, gotta get up to this podcast somehow. <laughs> picture of us holding the cartridge coming soon. Uh, San Francisco 49ers, 31. Seattle Seahawks, 16. Eric, going with the good old ass kicking. Yep. Uh, that's and the Niners are going to want to rub it in. I've got a 31-21 San Fran. All right. 
So uh, there are many ways for you to support us as continuing to make Seahawks content. The best way to do so is head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest and for a little as $1.24 a month in honor of our newly returned prodigal son, as long as he doesn't uh, fail his physical right here. Uh, you can get access to our picks podcast, which this week was exceptionally off the rails. Um, yeah. And then uh, thanks to uh, all the people who've left reviews on iTunes, five star review that really helps us out, helps people find the podcast. We have 314 reviews to go as GG went up reminds you guys uh, we are at 106 and uh, yeah, a lot of people have been finding us lately on um, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, all your podcast apps. So Podbean. Hope, hope you guys are enjoying. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Sorry. I got a threats. Here, wait there. Could you want me to read them? There's, there's some, no, don't. There's, there's some so ones many. I've never heard of. Dude. Spotify. Spotify. Okay, so a big we got, force. we got a podcast addict, Stitcher radio for podcast, pocket cast, cast box, podcast player, overcast. How about this one? Android media playback engine. You hear that one? Player FM. Uh, pod kicker podcast player, a beyond pod podcast manager. Somebody's going to download all these apps and then be like, yeah, this one was the best. And then I'm going to be like, man, that's a lot of apps you downloaded. All right. So, so, uh, yep, that's, uh, that's where we're at. All right. Best of the, best of the decade. It's time. All right. We're going to make a top 10 list. We're going to choose only movies that appeared on a top five list or like was a fringy top five. So these are the yeah, movies. Some of our top five lists ended up being top six lists. And so we included both. Of so here's them. what I'm going to do. I'm going to say a movie. We're all going to say yes or no. If as in, yes, I would put this in my top or I, this could potentially make my top 10 or no, it could not. If you, if two people say no, it's out immediately. I'm going to delete it from the spreadsheet. Are you going to be the tiebreaker every time? Shoot it into the sun. Cross it out instead. Uh, I will. I will fill the fill the box in with black uh, black ink. Okay, here we go. Uh, So start off. Twenty one Jump Street. No. No. All right. Well, then I won't say anything. I would have said yes though. Ant Man. No. No. All right. Arrival. Yes. Yes. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yes. Yes. Uh, Blind spotting. Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna go yes. So we'll just keep it. Coco. Yes. 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 Django Unchained. No. Yes. Yes. Dread. Yes. 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 Drug War. No. 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 Get Get Out. Yes. 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 Green Room. Yes. Yes. Okay. Guardians of the Galaxy. No. 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 Hugo. No. 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 Hunt for the Wilder People. Yes. Yes. Sure. I Saw the Devil. Sure's not the answer, Eric. I'm going to change it up. I Saw the Devil. Yes. Yes. Okay. Incendies. Yes. Yeah. Inception. Yes. 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 It follows. Yes. Yes. John Wick. Yes. Yes. Knives Out. Yes. No. Ooh, a yes and a no. And you haven't seen this movie yet. I have haven't you? seen it and I can't just say yes then. We'll just then on. let's know it. I was actually I, I was mean, gonna say my rule, if I haven't seen it, it's an instant no for me. So that, no. That eliminates too many movies, Eric. No, uh, no. Kung Fu Killer. No. no. La La Land, yes. Yes. Logan. Yes. Yes. Okay, Mad Max, yes. Yes. Uh, Parasite, yes. Yes. Popstar, yes. No. What? You know, as far as... Popstar's my favorite comedy. As far as comedies go, I'm going to throw Nathan a bone and say yes. Okay, Rush. No. No. Scott Pilgrim. Yes. Yes. Sicario, yes. Yes. Snowpiercer. Yes. We're not narrowing this down down enough. Spider-Verse, yes. Yes. Spotlight. Yes. Eric? I'm just going to do whatever Eric does here. No. No, then. I'm just trying to get movies off the list. Spy. No. I'm, I'm no. going to get outvoted, but that's a hard yes from me, just on the record. Big Short. Yes. Yes. Okay. And I'll follow Eric on that one. Yeah, The Big Sick. 
No. E- no. E- no. I mean, it's good. <laughs> All these movies are good. That's why I'm trying to get aggressive now. Dark Knight Rises. No. 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 Handmaiden. Yes. No. Okay. I'm following Eric on that one. Man from Nowhere. Yes. yes. I like that. I don't think that's it's a no. I don't, I don't know. Or I don't. The Raid. Yes. I, I can go no on this one, even though I love this movie. I'll say no on The Raid. Okay. Uh, the the Vivich. No. Hard no from everyone's but me. Okay. The Wind Rises. No. No. It's good, though. Thor Ragnarok. No. No. <laughs> Tintin. No. Yes. Now we're cooking with gas. Toy Story 3. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, train to train to Busan. Yes. No. Uh, I'll go no then. Vigilante. No. I liked it. I'll give it a, no. the only yes. Your name. Yes. Yes. I'll go yes on that one too. I'm not even gonna wait for Eric because I like that movie. All right. So now we are down to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Oh no, we're not like thirty We've movies still. We've cut it in about half. Okay, let's just eliminate ones that got any notes. So Pop Star's gone. Oh. Uh, let's get rid of that. Snowpiercer probably gone. Um, it follows. It follows. That's a good one to get out of here. I think. Django. Okay. Wait, uh, Whoa. I would say Django's fine. Kevin noted it, and I think it's probably it's probably fringy to make the list. Okay, now we're down to a fewer number of movies. Those were some of the. Uh, okay, let's talk about. Let's go with um, first Logan. Um, that's one I think I would eliminate. You guys okay with getting rid of Logan? I like Django better than Logan, so yeah. Sure. Okay, so we're getting rid of Logan. Okay. Let's start with the movies that are left. Is there any one of these that you guys think is a, a good pick for number one? Arrival, Blade Runner, 2049, Blind Spotting, Coco, Dread, Get Out, Green Room, Hunt for the Wilder People, I Saw the Devil, Incendies, Inception, John Wick, La La Land, Mad Max, Parasite, Pil- Scott Pilgrim, Sicario, Spider-Verse, Big Short, Man from Nowhere, Your Name. I would like to put up that Arrival should be number one or number two. What do you guys think? I would tend to agree with that take. Kev, Eric? I gotta say... I think if we should, if we're gonna make a top five or top three right now, I definitely put Arrival in that. Okay, I'm just, I'm just trying to get movies so that are in. Let's go ahead and put movies that are in. I think Arrival's in. Yeah, that's. I'm I think trying Spider Verse is in. I yeah. think Mad Max Fury Road is in. I agree with all three of those. Coco so far. is in. I agree with that as well. Yeah. Um. I think Parasite is in, and I think Sicario is in. Uh. Okay. One thing I want to say, I do feel a little uncomfortable putting because I think. There, if I just rated these movies on my personal enjoyment, there's a good chance that um, Arrival, Blade Runner, and Sicario would all make it. And those are like all the same director. So I'd rather just be like, pick one of those three movies and then like I make, our, make our list more diverse. <laughs> even though, and Incendies is on here still too, which I think is might be, which I think might be the second best of all of those movies, Kevin. I don't know. you Have, have you seen it yet? Yeah, that movie sl- is really good. So, have like, you seen The Handmaiden yet? The Handmaiden? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I, I thought it was good. Yeah. I, I mean, I think my feelings on like watching a really long, uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. That wasn't really long. I mean, like, uh, reading a movie is like, yeah, I, it makes it, it feel longer. It yeah, makes it feel true. longer to me. I have to work, <laughs> work so. Hard. Okay, so we're putting Fury Road on the top. Fury Road. I that's, think we can agree with that one. one. I think that one's going to be like end up being like fifth. So we'll just put it right there. Okay, let's do this. Eliminator. Can style. we put Get Out at the bottom of the top ten? All right, because that would put uh, Eric's feelings. Oh, I don't have any feelings. That's my problem with that movie. Is I didn't see it. I have nothing against that movie. <laughs> I just didn't see it. Okay, so Get Out arrive. I'm gonna black these movies out, or maybe I'll make them yellow, so that that way they. So I'm I'm a main, people who uh, are on the Patreon have access to the spreadsheet, so you could like live watch me uh, 
modifying Except it. Except they don't know that right now because they can't listen. Maybe, maybe they do. <laughs> you never know. Okay. So I've got these five movies in yellow. These are like the in, 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 ins. Okay. Let's do, uh, let's do this kind of maybe a little eliminator style. I think, okay. Um, Blade Runner, Blind Spotting, Dread, Green Room, Hunt for the Wilder People, I Saw the Devil, Incendies, Inception. Well, I'm just going to eliminate Incendies because not I'm the only person who's seen it. Uh, Inception, John Wick, La La Land, Parasite, Scott Pilgrim, Sicario, Big Short, Man from Nowhere, Your Name. Okay. I, I think, think there's some I real clear eliminations. What are you eliminating? Uh, oof, you got me first. Yep. Oof. Because you always do that to us. I like these movies <laughs> a lot. I'm going to do the big short. How about that? Okay. Okay. There you go. Um, go ahead, Eric. Uh, I really liked it, but I don't think it's number one movie. So I'll just say The Man from Nowhere. That's, okay. Thanks for thanks for joining. You deserve it. You're a great movie. Thank you, Kevin. None of these movies on this list suck. I just want to make that clear. I've seen mm-hmm. all of them except for like three, and all of them are good. Uh, I'm going to shoot down La Land here. La Land. I love that movie, but I don't think it would it would be at the bottom end of my personal top ten, so I don't think it has any reason to be here. Okay. Um blind, I think we could do one more blind, round of that. Blind spotting probably is yeah, probably not quite is... up to snuff for this list. Mm-hmm. Um Eric. There's a chance to do Green Room. <sighs> no, yeah, I because if, I think it's reasonable to get rid of Green Room as well. Okay. I would not object. Alright, then let's do yeah, Green Room. I really is, like that movie. This list though. is getting so good. A lot of a lot of <laughs> A lot of conversation between the three of us in that movie. I don't think it's a horror movie. I that movie, in the words of Nathan, it slaps. It's a great movie. Great film. So we have 10 movies left for five spots, Kevin. Do you want me to read them? Uh, we yes. have Blade Runner, Dread, Hunt for the Wilder People, I Saw the Devil, Inception, Parasite, Scott Pilgrim, and Sicario. Your Name and John and Wick. Your Name and John Wick. Um, I'm going to... I feel like... Are you kind of going like looking at like what can encapsulate a genre here? Kevin? A little bit. I am. Yeah. I'm stuck between I, Dread and John Wick. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we don't have to have both on here. And I, uh, I agree. Say John Wick. I kind of. Um. Ooh. I kind of was the. I. That's well, why I said keep like John Wick. If so we dump Dread. If we just put four Dennis Villeneuve movies on this list, like I did, I am kind of trying to think about the texture of this list. So I'd you know be okay I mean? with eliminating Blade Runner with that thought pattern. Yeah, I think like, but I don't think I want to eliminate Sicario because you can't tell me Sicario and Arrival are the same movie. No, but I'm just saying like, so I think that's probably the compromise. But okay, and then I think we already have two animated movies, so we can ditch your name. Are you cool with that? That's fine. Okay, so, so this then, list already eliminated several of my top five movies. So I mean, let's do. I, I'm good with it. Kevin, is I saw the Devil in your top five. Nope. What's what's like one of the what's the foreign film that you like the best? Uh, let's just put. Uh, Let's just. I don't, I don't care. Trade it. I'll trade it nope. for I saw the devil. I think I'm that good. that matters. We're like, doing the process because because I like as the as the foreign film aficionado. I feel like for our lips, our list to be representative of our tastes, we need like at least one or two foreign. Then I'm films good on with here. putting Parasite on the list. But like, what's the other one that you really like? You what if you had to pick like one movie? Uh, legitimately, uh, probably Handmaiden. Handmaiden. Okay. I think that is a legitimately great movie. Well, let's black out. I saw the devil. Let's switch that. Okay, okay. then I'm good so, with that. So then. Um, for everything you said. So Sicario, John Wick, and Dread. These are all action movies. They're all fantastic. They all come from like different angles. We already have an action movie on here, Fury Road. Here's my thing. Which 
These okay, movies, so Mad Max is also fun. Different. Sicario like Dread is the easiest to eliminate. Dread, John Wick, and Mad Max are all fun. Sicario is not fun. That's why I don't mm-hmm. like calling it action movie because it's really not. There's, there's. It's more of a thriller. Yeah, it's it's not an action movie, so I don't feel like it should be in the discussion. Kevin said he's fine eliminating Dread. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to get rid of Mad Max. I feel like there's a lot of good themes in that movie. Uh, also, it, it, the way the textures go and the different. Uh, uh, color temperatures they use you know in the scenes different scenes different moods i think you got to go with what's popular and so john wick beats out dread okay so um i'm judging i'm kind of kind of adding things to the list as we go so we've got okay. three spots so, for inception hunt for the wilder people sicario parasite and john wick. that's what it looks like because i think scott pilgrim is pretty slam dunk to make it at this point from the movies that are left and from like kind of the texture of the list and all of us love edgar wright so much this is kind of a way for us to I would give him that, that props that movie's awesome has really good music really good acting it's just a really good one it's a nice I think love hunt story for the wilder people needs to be on here it's a very unique movie and i feel like uh this decade has been taika waititi's really risen um, to a He's become spot. quite the name. Okay, so I already got I think, one big problem with this list. What you're telling me? We can't have two cartoons. We do. So we are going we to have, have Spider Verse and, and Coco? Coco. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, then they're I'm good. on. They're on the Ooh. list. <gasps> okay. We we have to. The, that's why I said I was like I don't know if we can have three cartoons. <laughs> okay. I just want to make sure because I was. Your if name I had to really choose between movie, those two, it, I could not. And it's very different from the other two cartoons so that we picked. Got two spots for Inception, John Wick, Parasite, and Sicario. Right. Okay, guys, I'm ready to stand on a table for Inception. I'm if, ready if, to if it's happen. If it's got to happen, I'm ready to eliminate John Wick. Yeah, it's really good, but okay. How about so now? It, I'm Inception. Oh gosh, I might have to take a movie off the list for one of these three. These three are all bangers. Yeah, they're really good movies. But so Parasite, Sicario, and Inception. I feel like Inception has to be on here. That's kind of a decade-defining movie. Yeah. I would put that. I tend to agree. That's so. Are we taking Sicario off? No, I can't. Would you rather have Sicario or Parasite, or would you rather take Handmaiden off, or would you rather take? I don't want to take any of these movies. I off. do want to Man. give Kevin this voice here because he is. Handmaiden our... is. I asked him, "What's your favorite foreign film?" Because you're the foreign film guy. Well, out of the ones that were eliminated, if I have to pick between Handmaiden and Parasite, <laughs> that's friggin' impossible. <laughs> I, I do... feel like Parasite is uh, infinitely more watchable movie because mm. Handmaiden's kind of a rough watch. Yes. So if I have to okay. pick one of the two, I'm picking Parasite. If I have uh, to choose one of the two of something I've never like seen, also one that represents the three of us better, and really tough to watch movies. I don't like putting them as I mean, great all time films. I like I like Old Boy as much as the next guy. Like I think Old Boy's good, but I wouldn't have put it on my uh, top ten list either. And it's I, I would have put it on my top ten list for two thousand two thousand. It's it's too brutal for me. Like and The Handmaiden is kind of the same thing where it's like I don't want to I don't want to watch Old Boy again. Although I did recently yeah i was about to say you're good for it like what's a decade yeah i I did watch it again for the second time where you're like oh you haven't watched this okay let's watch this it's brutal (laughs) i just and and so for me like that's kind of why i was willing to say no on it even though i was like i do think it's good let's put sicario on the list and let's put parasite on the list and take out and take out handmaiden okay i think that's most representative of the handmaiden is the handmaiden is the number one alternate uh for for Oh, we could do like our personal movie that missed out. Here we go. Kevin's Kevin's biggest snub is Handmaiden, would yeah. you say? What's your biggest snub, Eric? What's John the Wick? I I wanted to cry tears for dread because this is a movie 
that a lot of people didn't see. It's not getting a sequel because not enough people saw it in theaters. It got so much love when people actually saw it. They're like, whoa, I wish I would have seen this movie in theaters. There is one thing. uh, We always talk about how 3D is... It's misused. They don't play to it too much. They kind of wrote a gimmick around it just for 3D. In a way, I think it brings it down and why it doesn't belong on this list. But I, we've t- everyone's going to talk about John Wick. It's getting a fourth movie. After, right before the third movie, I was like, they're going to run this thing into the ground. You're like, no, this is the last one. Nope. They're going four. And we all saw it coming. So I'm going to cry tears of joy for Dread. Okay. My own personal joy. That's your, that's your biggest number. That's um, my, my biggest number. Mine is obviously uh, La La Land. <laughs> I just love that movie. It's my, it's my, like one of my personal favorites. I think that movie's really great in a really uh, different way. It's a movie that normally I wouldn't like, which I think makes me like it more. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Um, and so it's a that means something for you. Yeah. And so like normally it's like I would have been like, hey, I don't like musicals. I don't like, uh, I don't like like romantic dramas or romantic comedies. And then here I am watching this one and like, you know, it really moves me. And so, I don't know, normal, I think that made that movie uh, more special for me, personally. Do we uh, want to hash out ordering a little bit more? All right, here we go. So these are the 10 movies. This, not in order. I just kind of threw them on the list. Arrival, Parasite, Wilder People, Inception, Mad Max, Sicario, Scott Pilgrim, Get Out, Coco, Spider-Verse. Okay. I think Arrival stays at one. I agree. Arrival. Sure. Oh, can I say why Arrival is the best movie of the decade? Mm-hmm. Um, there's... So many movies that try to really say something, and this movie says has a point of view and says something, and it does it, and it, the way it presents that idea is so interesting and unique, and um, I've read the short story that it's based on, so I'm not like saying that, I know this is not a completely original story, but the way that they put this particular story together um, is is unique from that and i just i i really love it and i there's so much to unpack from this movie and just in in what in your thinking and your i don't know it's it's i think it's a really beautiful film and for me it when someone asked me like what's your favorite movie i always say hard-boiled by john woo because that is my favorite movie i would watch it right now if kevin said hey do you want to watch hard-boiled by with john woo i just got that for my birthday hell yeah i'd want to watch hard-boiled that movie's awesome like that movie's so fun but it's not the best movie i've ever seen the best movie i've ever seen i think is arrival it, it's really well made it's really well acted really well and it, shot and it presents information in a way that really gets you to think you know do you if you knew everything that was going to happen in your life and you knew there would be great tragedy would you still decide to live your life the same way i think that's a beautiful and interesting question and i think that that movie presents it in a way that's really awesome so that's that's why i think it's the best movie of the decade you said just about everything that i want to say uh two other quick things People like to take a dump on uh, Jeremy Renner. This is one of many performances. That's why I say that. I that agree. Sucks to do. And the second thing is, this is a movie where the way it tells a story often lends itself to not being a rewatchable movie, and yet this movie is extremely rewatchable. Yeah. This it, could have easily been a movie that you only watch once, and it deserves multiple watches. Okay. Number two, I think Fury Road. <sighs> can but, can I pull but, for? Coco here, I, I okay. I can I can see that. Go for it. Um, it's it's hard for me between Coco and Spider Verse, but uh, I'm not. Uh, you guys in this room know I'm not really high on family because I didn't really have a family, and this movie helped me get it. It explains a completely different culture. It is beautifully done. It's funny. It's sad. It's lovely. It's beautiful. It's everything I want in a movie. The music's great. 
and there's a there's a lot of color to this movie in a very dark background movie and that is visually stunning to me uh so i didn't want to say the way it's shot or the way it's animated so i'm just gonna say that and i think for all these reasons it deserves to be very very high and not relegated to four or five okay I would agree. Coco's my, like... I'm good with that. When I did the Disney bracket, I put Coco as my champion. So, I mean, I uh, the Disney versus Pixar bracket that went went, uh, went viral last March. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah yes. I, put, I put Coco versus Lion King. Coco wins. So, that I mean, I love this movie. I think it's great. The reason I would go... I was thinking Fury Road was that it kind of... Um, it changed the way people think about action movies. And uh, I don't think many movies can claim that. But that movie is just a... Stu- it's kind of a stupid action movie, right? Uh, yeah yeah it's just people it right, is completely people, ridiculous people riding uh cars in the middle of the desert just screaming and play, playing gu- guitar on your giant speaker wasting uh, fuel and it it's it just changed the way because if that movie comes out in 1995 i think the perception of it is it would you'd be crazy to think that movie could get nominated for best picture but there it was and it, i honestly felt like it had a chance to to win even so well shot and um yeah, I, I don't know. I just really, I really enjoy that movie. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm fine with Coco two, Mad Max three though. That does not bother me. One and I'm bit. fine with Inception four, Parasite five, Sicario yeah. six. What's, what's Those weird? Those three movies all feel really good. What's weird is that this. I would only if I'm looking at this list, I would only want to switch Sicario and Scott Pilgrim. And that's just. Uh, a, that, I would keep Sicario over Scott Pilgrim personally. Scott Pilgrim to me, the the use of music and uh, the the blending of um, of effects with with practical actors in that movie is um it's very it's very rare to see it all come together okay that, in so in this of a package and kevin doesn't want to move sicario and you want to put scott pilgrim up there where are you putting spider-verse i, I right now it's 10th but i think Ooh, I, I would move it up to either eighth or ninth. i like it better than scott pilgrim I mean, i'd we, be willing to do that personally i mean we can we can just move I, I mean, Scott Pilgrim can be Scott 10, Pilgrim's really great, care. but it's I don't list. I I don't think it's. <laughs> I think Wilder People's probably tenth. Okay. I'm gonna. Honest. You know what? I'm gonna go with that too, Kevin. That movie's uh, so funny. That movie's so good. But here's the thing. Again, like all of these movies, kill. Yeah. All Period. right. I'm good with this list as as it stands. You guys have any major things? This is be it. All right. Arrival, Coco, Mad Max, Fury Road, Inception, Parasite, Sicario, Spider Verse, Get Out, Scott Pilgrim, and Hunt for the World People. Kevin, your biggest snub was The Handmaiden. Eric, yours was Dread, and mine was La La Land. Any anything you guys want to say before we uh, head out? I love it. Uh, I'm good, and Dennis Villanueva killed yeah. it this. I mean, we had to j- literally narrow him so that he wasn't dominating our yeah. top ten. I That's mean, crazy. Blade Runner and Incendies are both really good movies. So anyone who wants to uh, to watch a good movie, also Korean film, free. Train to Busan could easily been on here. I think yeah. we're all in agreement. Uh, South Korea is killing it yeah, too. Yeah, South Korean film, uh, Snowpiercer. I saw the Devil. There's so many mm-hmm. um, really really good. Uh, Korean movies that came out. All right, I'm I'm really sad because I we didn't we only put one really weird movie on here, and I was hoping we'd put like you know con- like two really weird movies on here because Hunt for the World People is pretty offbeat, I think, for a list like this. But uh, I was yeah. ho- I'm thinking maybe we put it on more. But you know what? It's a good list. I like it. Um, if Parasite wins Best Picture this year, I'll be stunned. That but that would be cool. That would be great. It deserves it. Um, all right, for Kevin, for Eric, we will see you next week. Uh, go Hawks. Yeah, yeah, yeah.